Hey Hope family, welcome to another week of Hope Dailies, and another week closer to Christmas. On Mondays and Fridays, I've been taking us through some ideas that will invite us into solitude and silence, and some practices from Ruth Haley Barton's book on the subject, called An Invitation to Solitude and Silence. Solitude and silence can feel weird, but I believe they are just another way to pray. Most of us are probably used to thinking about praying as talking to God. We have needs, desires, wants, both personal and for others, that we verbally bring before God. That is prayer, but it's not the only way to pray. Solitude and silence allow us to commune with God more than just communicate with God. Perhaps you have a spouse, sibling, or close friend who you've spent time with doing nothing. Whether you're sitting at a park reading separate books, or what have you, there was something about just being with them that made the experience better and strengthened the relationship. This is what solitude and silence can do for us and God. There also may be times where you not only sense a closeness with God, but you do have an internal sense that God has made something clear to you. But as you think about entering into this practice, you may feel some resistance, like we talked about on Friday. You may also recognize that you are just exhausted. We've looked a couple times now at Elijah's story in 1 Kings 19, but what we see there is a man driven to solitude and silence, not someone who chose it. And as he is fleeing, he is depleted at every level, physically, mentally, etc. He ends up falling asleep under a lone tree. God wasn't waiting for him under the tree and tapping him to make sure he stayed awake as God told him everything God felt like he needed to know. God allows Elijah to rest. Then God wakes him up. But even still, it isn't time to send the message that needs to be sent. God gives Elijah time to eat and drink and then actually sends him back to bed. It's only after this second nap that God brings him to the mountain. Like Elijah, as you head into solitude and silence, you may realize just how exhausted you are. Silence may lead to you falling asleep. There may be a temptation to judge yourself for this, to chalk up the whole process as useless because you aren't producing anything and you end up just falling asleep. The idea of solitude may be a turnoff as well. It may be hard to come by and now it just feels like another thing that you have to do more than something you want to do. Instead of judging yourself for either reaction, recognize what is true and give it to God. God isn't waiting to reprimand you. God isn't waiting to make sure you stay awake. God wants to work with you, to restore you, and to be with you. In her book, Ruth Haley Barton talks about the difference, the different kinds of tired that we can be. She says there is a good tired and a dangerous tired. Good tired is how you feel after a job well done. You've exerted yourself, and with a time of rest and recuperation, you'll be good to go once again. A dangerous tired is a chronic fatigue, one that we can feel for a variety of reasons. Perhaps your diet and physical routines have left you feeling lethargic. Maybe your work routine has left you feeling addicted to work. We don't really ever rest. We can't leave the office or go to bed without checking the email or voicemail one more time. Your breaks, holidays, and vacations are really just times to catch up on the work that you haven't done yet. Living at this pace can make you look like...
living at that type of pace can make you look like a hero to your bosses and to some other outside observers, but those closest to you will know that it's unsustainable and unhealthy. As Barton points out, living like this leads to a misuse of the rare, free moment you do get. Instead of actually choosing rest, the default is indulging in escapist behaviors, such as compulsive eating, drinking, spending, watching TV, etc. These activities have a numbing effect, offering temporary relief, but offering no real rest and therefore no real solution, thus beginning a cycle. You'll need more numbing behaviors to cover the fact that the first patch didn't do the trick. If you feel like this, maybe not you're not necessarily at a dangerous level of tired yet, but you feel like you might be on the brink of dangerous tired. You've not really been able to find true rest, that you'd rather numb your tiredness, numb your frustrations, than find true rest. Maybe solitude and silence just feel too difficult, feel like a task rather than something that you could step into enjoyably. Let me read the practice that Ruth Haley Barton puts for you today. In silence, reflect on where you fall on the following continuum. Fully energized and refreshed. A good sense of tired. Drifting toward dangerous tired. Or fully in a state of dangerous tired. As you identify where you are on the continuum, don't rush to try to solve or fix anything. Instead, give yourself time and space to notice what is true about you. Invite God into this moment by saying, God, this is what is true about me. What are we going to do about this? Allow yourself to become fully aware of God with you in these moments, loving you and extending compassion to you. Hear the words of Jesus spoken to you in these moments. Come to me all that are weary and heavy. Come to me all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. What is it like to hear these words right now? Do you believe it is possible for you to find the rest you need? Tell God what you need and listen for what he wants to say to you now.